This is your Michael Smalley, and today is a special one because I am featuring one of my father's classic sessions of all time, discovering the value of your personality. That's right. On today's podcast, you will hear the voice of my father, and he is going to be talking about that classic Smalley animal personality system, and I just wanted to do this very brief introduction before you start hearing my father's talk, but go to smalleyinstitute.com because you can actually sign up for our free personality online course, which is super cool. You can take the test online, and I even wrote key issues, conflict areas for every conceivable personality match in our system. It's all available for free, smalleyinstitute.com, and I have included a link directly to the sign-up page on this podcast episode. Now, enjoy my father's session on discovering the value of your personality. Well, I've been very excited about this session because I know how helpful it'll be in your life and all your relationships. But before you view it, you have to take this personality inventory because otherwise the session won't make any sense to you. And all you do, it's only gonna take you about five minutes, but you just circle um, in each one of these four boxes the uh, traits that are most like you in your relationships at home. And you just circle each one of them and then you uh, add up your score, double it and write it in this little area right here and you do that on each one of these boxes and then when you have your score, just turn your sheet over and you score it uh, because this will then help you understand this session. Now if you've misplaced this sheet, what you can do is we've put it on the video, you just pause it, do the exact same thing. Just take a blank sheet of paper uh, and uh, list the number that you have that are like you, most like you, and you just circle them, and then you add up your score, double it, put it on your own chart, and then you will really understand this session, and I know it will be so helpful in all of your relationships. Thank you very much. Uh, you can't imagine how excited I've been about getting here and sharing the session because I know that many of you will leave tonight feeling better about yourself probably than you ever have in your life. I mean, you're going to sense uh, an importance about who you are and how you fit into a group. Uh, we're going to share a personality inventory that shows each of us how we have a blend of four different qualities. Now we don't just have one, we have a little bit of all of them, but usually we have um, most of one or two at the most. And, uh, but we can blend them all together and have equal amount of all four of them. But the exciting thing is, is that it shows you why you tended to be attracted to your mate. Or if you're single, the kind of person you will be attracted to. 
If you're a parent, it explains finally you know, why your kids do the things they do, and uh, why one of them's messier, and why one of them lets you live at your house, and, and uh, <laughs> so that uh, it'll really help you parent uh, the children individually instead of just like a general group, uh, because it's very important for each child to know who they are and, uh, and have it explained to them, so that this same inventory, incidentally, can be given to your children, even when they're young, because uh, studies have shown that there's nine different personality characteristics that you could put newborn babies in. So this stuff happens uh, way before birth because there's not a lot of cultural conditioning uh, in the womb. And uh, so, uh, so this stuff pretty much lasts with us our entire life. But we can make adjustments. So this is not like a test that you took that uh, you can fail or, or, or pass. It's just a, a, like a fingerprint that shows your tendencies and they'll change. You might have, yours will, and you can adjust them up and down for sure. But one of the best things that I like about this as it relates to our uh, relationships is that it will show you the things that irritate your mate or your parents or your friends are almost always our personality strength a little out of balance or a little bit too much of it. So that when you see where you are on this, in, in this little evaluation, you can see whether you have too much of that and that could be the very thing and usually is what can just drive your mate nuts. And, uh, and all we have to do is just make a few adjustments and it's amazing how it comes down and there's less conflict. And, and that's exactly what happened in my home. And we took this years ago and got familiar with it as a, as a family before the kids married. It was amazing how it brought instant harmony into our home that we didn't expect and tolerance that we didn't expect. So it's really kind of an exciting area and, uh, and we're gonna have fun hopefully doing it. And, and then we'll find out who has more of that quality than others. In fact, you took the inventory and so I'd like to have those that scored the highest. So take it out, look at it, and you charted it on the back or you can just look in the front. But those who scored the highest uh, in the L category, let me see your hands. High as nail category, okay. What I'd like to have you do is I'd like to have you stand, if you would, just for a few seconds. If you scored high in the, in the L category. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I'd like to have you do is look around at these people, men and women, because these are our leaders. These are the people who make great leaders. These are the people who are the inspiration. They are the people that accomplish all kinds of things. These are the people who win our wars. These are the generals, uh, the Schwarzkopfs, you know, and the General Pat. These are the people who have the potential. These are the people who are either the president of their company or they think they're the president. One of the two. Okay, let's, before they sit down, let's give them a hand. Okay. These are super people, we call them the lions. These are the take charge people. Uh, the people that sometimes you may feel a little bit intimidated when you're with them because they can be real bold. Now, th these people are the ones who build the big buildings, you know, just, just accomplish so many things that some of us look at and marvel. But the world is made up of a number of these people and this is what basically makes a lot of the leadership go. Now, if they have too much of this quality, then it can create a problem in their home or in their relationships or friendships as a parent or as a child. 
And so just as you're looking at your, your list, let's look at some of them. If they are, uh, like they really like authority, they like to take charge, but sometimes they can become pushy and overbearing and they can step in front of people and just sort of move people aside in order to get things done. That can be real irritating and offensive to a maid or to a friend. Uh, one time I was um, in my office, uh, I did a lot of counseling in years past, and uh, my secretary said, there's a real uh, strong person on the phone here that wants to talk to you and he won't take no for an answer. So instantly I knew right off, we got a lion on our hands here. And, and so I picked up the phone, I said, uh, hello, and he said, my wife is leaving me and I need to see you right away. Because see, one of their models is we gotta do it now, immediately, you know, we don't wanna waste any time. And so I said, well, sir, I'm not able to see you today, but I could schedule sometime this week. No, you don't understand. I need to see you today. See, this is a very serious thing, that's lions. See, they want to move right now, take over. And, I, and he, so he started pushing in on me. No, I could see you anytime. Like, what time are you off of work? I could see you after work. I could go to your home. You could come to my home. <laughs> I said, sir, you're not understanding. I, I can't do that today. And he's pushing on me. So I say this to him. I, I hesitate. And I say, sir, could I make an observation? And he said, yes. And I said, sir, you are one of the pushiest people I have ever talked to on the phone. I've never talked to such an arrogant, pushy, insensitive. I said, I don't even know your wife, and I obviously don't know you, but I maybe can understand why she's leaving you. I mean, I said that. It's very hard for me to do that. But he was so pushy, you know, I had to get him off the phone. I did see him that week. And incidentally, when I, when I talked to him straight, he appreciated it. And he did eventually win his wife back. They, they separated for about six months. And he did, he was a good learner. And, and really did uh, open up and, and, uh, and seek uh, forgiveness from his wife and all the things. But he had to learn that sometimes too much of this stuff can really cause a problem. And I said, if you have a little child, right off, I mean, the little babies are demanding. You can just feel lion blood in a, in a child. <laughs> and they are the ones that let you live at home. And, and, but I had a friend who had a little six-year-old about a lion child, and she was taking a shower. And she told me the story. And he was banging on the door, saying, Mom, I want my, my uh, you know, bike out of the garage. Mom, she said, honey... I'm, uh, you know, taking a shower. I'm not dried off completely yet. I'll be out in a minute. No, I want it now. So he just irritated her and banging away on the door. And she said, okay. She's got the kind of personality that would give in to something like that. And uh, so she put her housecoat on, didn't actually strap it, which she should have, but uh, <laughs> put her housecoat on. And she went out in the garage uh, to get him his bike so he could take it outside. And she forgot just for a second. Now picture this, she's facing out this way, and she forgot just for a second that her garage door was broken, and she'd known it was broken, but just for a second, because she was in a hurry, and she picked it up, and it, the spring was broken, and it just went whoosh, but it caught her housecoat. So she's, she's facing, she's facing out to the street, trying to rip it off, you know. But, I mean, little lion children can, can frustrate the life out of them, I'm sure. And, Along the same story, we had a, a, a lion in our office. Uh, I sometimes counsel with Dr. John Trent. Uh, incidentally, Dr. Trent is the one who developed this with me originally and really was the one that taught me how to do this. Uh, and uh, so um, we have a book about it and so on. But anyway, he and I sometimes counseled together. And we did have a man that flew into our city 
and uh, wanted to counsel with his wife. And oftentimes the lion personality marries just the opposite, and I'll explain that as we go on. But he was in our office, and he was very resistant, um, and, and, and similar to the one I had talked to. And so, um, and it's not my nature to do this, so I usually don't. But John Trent raised up in his chair, and we were at a little tiny table between us, and, and stuck his head across the table and said, I want to say something to you. I want you to know that you are ruining your marriage. You are ruining this woman. You are messing with your children big time. And I want you to know that either you understand what I'm saying or you're going to continue to go downhill with your family. Do you hear me? And I'm, I'm like this. <laughs> and then he rose up out of his chair. He said, yeah, well, no one's ever talked to me like that before. Who do, what gives you the right to say this? They were like this, nose to nose. And I thought, they're going to start fighting. This is, and he sat down in his chair and he said, you know what? No one has ever talked to me like that, but I needed somebody to say these things. They can, they can rise up, but they have a very tender part in their heart. But if they have too much of it, it can be really, really offensive. Well, they're the ones, like when you go on vacation, they're the ones that uh, can't rest. You know, if, if it's either the wife or the husband, you get out there and say, okay, kids, tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, we're going to 45 things. Okay, get ready. <laughs> because they just have such a hard time resting. If you ever know, they have too much lying in them. They're the people that are either working or resting to work. They have that whole attitude. And uh, my son, Greg, uh, that's here with us, he has a lot of lying in him. And as he was growing up, as a dad, when I wanted to talk to him about something that I thought he was not doing the, what he should be doing, it was a two-hour confrontation. It was, Dad, no, I don't agree with that. I mean, this was when he was little. No, Dad, uh-uh, no, here's what's right. No, son, here's what's right. And, and it was two hours. Many times I was worn out. And at the end, he'd say, oh, I, I see your point. But it isn't easy when you have a child that's a lion to get, to get that. They're the ones, the lions are the ones that are on the road many times that are honking for people to get out of the way because they're in a hurry. Did you hear about the um, parents, the, the father was a lion, but the mother happened to be taking this little kindergartner to school. And just before they got to school, the little kindergartner said, uh, Mommy, uh, where are all the idiots? And, uh, and she said, uh, Jimmy. I mean, where'd you, hear to, where'd you learn to talk like that? He said, well, Daddy took me to school yesterday. We saw five idiots. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's lions. Now, I'm sure that's not true of the lions here. But, but you know what? I said that, that what they like the phrase is, let's do it now. But you know what they need when they're real stressed? They often need to express their anger, which is not only the greatest thing for a family, but that, that relaxes them. Isn't that amazing? And then just time relaxes them. But uh, gives them energy when they can express it. So if you're married to one, you might want to have some rules on how they express it and, and uh, their method and so on. Okay, that's the lion. Great people. Appreciate them. There's no way this would be happening unless we had lions around, right? Okay. Second one, I need to see how many of you scored the highest in the O category. Let's see the O's. All right, let's have the O stand. The O stands for honor. Now, you are looking at the parties waiting to happen here. Right here. Hey, I, I am a purebred otter. I mean, so uh, 
all, I have, I'm up to 40 on that score, uh, absolutely. So these are the people who are the entertainers. These are the fun-loving, uh, uh, enthusiastic, uh, take risks, uh, motivators. Listen, how many of them I'm going to give you? Visionary, you know. Uh, they're the creative ones, the fun-loving. These are the networkers. These people know people who know people who know people. They know everybody, right? <laughs> they're the ones that just bring so much fun into our life and, and into our world. So let's give these people a hand. I know you may have scored the highest on this, but I know you also have, you know, some of the other, and you may have scored pretty close on two of them, fairly high, but again, usually it's just one or two, and we're usually low on two of them, but I know there are people here that are almost perfectly mature, they just have a flat line, you know, right across the... <laughs> you know. We know what's going on in your life, but the otters, now otters are fun and otters are, are, are sure... Uh, worthwhile having around, right? But now here's the problem with otters. And being one, I know what a lot of problems are in being an otter, but let me just share some of them. Uh, they are the party waiting to happen, but if they say, party, oh, I'll be there. They may not be there. They'll probably <laughs> not bring the popcorn and the things they promised to bring because we forgot. I mean, we're at some other party. Oh, I was supposed to be that party? Oh, well. So we are the uh, take risk people, but the problem is we can be dangerous and foolish. And uh, I've been in trouble most of my life, as my wife will testify. Uh, we were up in the mountains of California one time, and uh, my son Greg and Michael and I, we were sliding down this natural uh, rock water, water slide with it was kind of moss covered. We found it way up in the Sierras. And I was having a ball, and I, I looked at this thing from these pools. There were pools like you could, uh, you know, coast into. And I was looking at this pool, and I was getting bored with just sliding where we were sliding, because otters get bored in a hurry. And I said to Greg, Greg, see how this naturally curves around here and goes into this pool? He said, yeah, uh-huh, because we're so motivational. People believe us. And, and uh, so, I said, uh, so I said, why don't you get in the middle of the slide, and uh, Norma says, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. <laughs> trust me. When an otter says, trust me, look into it instantly. <laughs> so I said, see how you can say, and I'll get my camera, I had a new camera, so I'll get my camera, and I'll shoot a picture of you flying into this pool right here, and it'll be a great shot. Telephoto, I'll step back over here, I'll get it. He said, Dad, I don't know, are you sure that's, it won't? It's in. Okay, I'll try it. All his life, he's believed me. Still to this day, it's amazing. Anyway, he's married too. His wife's helping him though a lot. And uh, so he gets out in the middle of this thing. It's moss, you know, he's got his hands here and he goes to slide, okay? And I said, hey, if you don't make it, I'll just reach out and grab you. Poof. He's gone. Over the side. Down, boom, 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 boom. He kept his cool in his head, you know, and he, he could have actually been majorly hurt, okay, and I watched the whole thing. She couldn't see him go over. I mean, she saw him go over, but she didn't see what he, I was seeing. And, uh, but who was in trouble, Greg or, or me? You know? Yeah, I was big time trouble, and she was really upset with me, which she should have been, and when I saw him move after he lied just in this pool, he was lying in this pool still for a few seconds, down, way down a ways, and I went, oh, I can't believe I tried this. I can't believe I tried this. I've done these things all my life. But he moved, he got up, and he said, Dad, I think I'm okay. And I went, oh, great, I'm not in trouble anymore. 
So anyway, we're, we're, uh, uh, we, we are a little bit foolish for sure, but look at all the things. We're very verbal. And so my daughter, actually each of my children have quite a bit of this. Uh, my daughter has some of the other ones, but she has a lot of otter. Guess what otters do under pressure? They tend to verbally attack, verbally, because we're real expressive. Uh, when lions are under pressure, they become dictators. So, uh, but, uh, but otters like to uh, express. And so when Carrie and I used to get into a verbal attack under pressure in some condition, we'd both look at each other and go, oh, it's just two otters attacking each other. <laughs> and we would calm down because we would realize that's our tendency under pressure. And so we didn't take a lot of that stuff personal. We just uh, recognized each other's strength and so on. Uh, big problem with us as otters is that... Um, we go to the fifth level of communication too easily. And I'm going to share with you tomorrow in one of the sessions um, what the five levels of communication are and how to go deep, intimately uh, with people. But what happens with us, as we know so many people, is that I come across as very friendly and warm and personal with a person, and they say, he's my best friend. I mean, I just, I just met them. But see, my problem is I'm about that deep. And see, I have all these people, and so it's, it's not hard for me to hurt somebody's feelings. I didn't mean to. I'm just real enthusiastic, excited about meeting these people. But, you know, as soon as I walk out of the room, I meet somebody else, and I'm excited <laughs> about meeting them. And I say, I, I met you, and, so they're, they're, and, and this is what happens with us, right? The otters, don't we get in trouble from time to time? Shaking her head, yes. So that... Um, but that's, that's kind of what we do. Uh, the same kind of thing uh, happened. Uh, uh, you know what? We, we goof off too much. My son, uh, uh, Greg, has a lot of otter in him, but he's got a lot of lions, I mentioned, so he's kind of a lion otter. He's kind of a fun boss. And, uh, but, but I was up in the mountains one time skiing with the whole family, and just he and I happened to be on this one run, and, and I got the Montezuma Revenge way up in this altitude, and I had my, all my ski outfit on, you know, so it was kind of an uncomfortable experience. But... He thought it was really funny. So you know, he's, he's lying on the snow just slapping and saying, Dad, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, you know, see, because sometimes you don't want people laughing at you. And, and uh, it, it isn't the kind of thing. Uh, in fact, uh, one of my friends that uh, was uh, a part of this whole uh, uh, video presentation is an otter. And uh, he loves to play practical jokes. He and otter, otters do that type of thing. And, and so he found a cassette tape several years ago that sounds just like the Russians are attacking us with nuclear missiles. And what it is, it's an ordinary radio show. It's a professional um, you know, um, uh, talk show host. And he's just, you know, just like you were waking up in the morning to hear somebody on the radio. Sounds just like it. And then all of a sudden he says, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special emergency bulletin. And they break in with this emergency message that we're under attack. Nuclear weapons from Russia. Well, he played that to everybody. thought it was the funniest thing. Even older people. You know, and I, th I said, hey, these people could have a heart attack. You know, and oh, oh what a scream. And uh, not that they would have a heart attack, but it's fun to do this. But he did it one time with a friend his age. And the guy really freaked out. Called his wife instantly and said, honey, I love you. I love you. And he was telling her, and he says, I, I haven't said that to you, but I know what's happening and I love you. And he hung up. And then, his, then, then, then my friend told this guy, oh, it's just a joke. He forgot to call his wife back. 
Okay, so this friend of mine is not allowed in their home to this day. <laughs> See, so we can, uh, we get too much fun and so on. That's what happens to us. For example, when I go to a restaurant, menus are just a group of suggestions. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to be in a restaurant. See, I like to combine five with four and put a little three in there on the side. It drives my wife nuts because she likes to order number five. She says, why do you confuse everybody? I said, hey, it's no fun to just come in and order number five. And who wants to do that? We're real optimistic. You know, I always think anything's possible, you know, and, and, and I can do anything. I had kind of a semi-embarrassing experience here this last winter. I was in uh, Wichita, Kansas speaking. And it was very cold. And I didn't have an overcoat. So a couple of buddies that, that are on our seminar team said, well, let's just go buy one. I said, great idea, you know, impulsive, you know, spontaneous. And so we go to this outlet mall. And I love outlet malls, you know, all these low prices and everything. And so I'm in there, and I find this um, really expensive uh, navy blue overcoat with Angora wool, and, and it's really nice. The price tag's $450. And, and, but it's on sale, you know, in this place for $129. So I say to uh, my friend, hey, watch me get this for $99. Isn't that what you paid for yours? And he said, yeah. I said, $99, I'll get it $99. So I say, where's the manager? And uh, the guy says, over there. And so I walk over to this guy, and I say, excuse me, I'm trying to buy this coat here, but, uh, hey, it says $129 on it, but look at it. I mean, yeah, it was pretty beat up. You know, look at a button missing. It was in the pocket, but it was missing. I would have had to sew it on. I said, look, it looks like it's been worn by somebody. I mean, it's kind of sad shape. I say, uh, what do you say, 99 bucks? What do you say, huh? He says, um, for you, Mr. Smalley. I felt the buck. He said, he said, uh, he said, we're watching your videos right now. I mean, I have never done that since. It's just such a, such a humiliating experience. But anyway, that, that, see, that's the otter. Now, there are a lot of fun. Under pressure, we tend to attack. Uh, the thing that, that kind of relaxes us is to be able to talk more and to be with people. We like social time. Whereas is when I get to my wife's personality, she has the kind that likes to be alone and not talk to anyone. So that, that is a problem when you marry a person of the, of the opposite, uh, which reminds me of the next one. And I want to know how many of you scored the highest in the G category. Let's see the G people. Look at thousands of hands. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's have you stand. I want to really honor you. Look at the G people over here. Okay. Before you sit down, before you sit down, let me just talk about them for a second. You're looking at the most sensitive people on earth. These are the people that have stamped on their forehead, I won't hurt you. You know, I won't, I won't say mean things to you. These are the sensitive, like the nerve endings. These are the people who uh, avoid confrontation. They, they enjoy routine. They're very loyal. If you marry one, they won't leave you. I mean, you can almost be, you know, unfortunately, I mean, they're the hardest ones to leave us uh, if we marry them because they stick to things forever. They, they're the warm and relational ones. They're the ones that buy the cards. Uh, they're the ones that are thoughtful. I mean, it goes on and on. They're the nurturing ones. These are, the, as I mentioned, these are the nerve endings of our society. So um, we already applauded for you. We could do it again, but I just want to appreciate you. So go ahead and be seated. Can we do it again?
Hey, hey, I'm an otter. We didn't get clapped for twice. <laughs> Golden retrievers. But now what happens, even though they're wonderful people, has anybody ever told you how wonderful you are because you're an otter? I mean, because you're a golden retriever? See, th this is a golden retriever. And that's that dog you know that when you see it, it's just loving and it's got eyes that are kind and they just, you know, come right over to you and, you know, and they just, they love us. And so that's why we came up with that word. It doesn't mean you're a dog. Uh, it means you're a very loving person, very sensitive, wonderful people. Well, it, what happens if you have too much of this? What happens if... Uh, if uh, you scored up near 40 on this particular range, and you can look at it and see if you did. Now here's some of the problems. You're so sensitive you can be very easily hurt. And there's nothing on earth that I know of that's more stubborn than an offended golden retriever. <laughs> I mean, you dig your heels into the ground and no one moves you. Is that true? Yes. We find that uh, one of my good friends has a, a son that, I mean, you could see he was a golden tree right from the very beginning, but when he was six years old, he was out in the street with a carrot trying to revive a dead squirrel. <laughs> and he was saying, here, squirrel, you'll be okay here. The thing was dead in the street. So they, it's amazing. And, and my, one of my uh, wife's uh, favorite singers is uh, Marie Osmond. And so we, were, we had the opportunity a few weeks ago to go to her concert. She had a two-hour concert in, in, in an area near her home. And, and uh, so we got tickets. We were in the third row on the aisle. And I'm an otter. I like her too. And I like change and variety. And uh, my wife has a lot of golden retriever in her. So she's very loyal, very sensitive. So at about five minutes left of the program, I could tell we were winding down. I looked at my watch. It was supposed to be over 10, so it was about you know, 10 or 5 to 10. And I thought, we could leave early and beat all the crowd going out and the traffic. I'm thinking this because variety, love variety. And so I, I pull on her, her, her shirt, blouse and I said, hey, Norm, uh, hey, why don't we leave early, okay? It's dark in here, the stage is lit up, and we could sneak out and beat the traffic. What do you think? She says, no. <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, no. I mean, it's so, it's so uh, logical just to get out early. It's dark in here. And I, I'm pulling on her, you know, I'm saying, come on, let's go. She says, no. I said, why? She said, it would embarrass her. Huh? It's dark out here. She has all these spotlights on her. She can't see. No, she's been looking at me and she likes me. Is that not true? Is that not true of a golden retriever thinking that just because she smiled and looked at her a few times, uh, whether she could see us or not, I'm not really sure, but I, I waited. We were the last ones to get out. And <laughs> You know, as an otter, I was attacking her all the way up the, the aisle, you know, <laughs> under pressure. <clears throat> anyway, golden retrievers. Um, they, because they're so loyal and do not like change, it takes her sometimes a month to do something spontaneous. Whereas, whereas I love to be spontaneous. Now, she's getting more otter all the time, but uh, that, that can happen. Here's an interesting thing about, uh, about golden retrievers. They, they can't say no. It's very difficult. And we even encourage you to practice from time to time to look in the mirror and just say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm sorry, I'm not able to do that. It's very hard for some golden retrievers that they have too much to make a decision. They're a little bit indecisive. And that's one of the reasons two golden retrievers usually don't marry. 
because they can't decide. <laughs> Let's marry in July. No, whenever you want to marry. No, I, I want to marry when you want to marry. Or will they say, uh, uh, if you have a family and let's, one of them is a golden retriever, say, well, where do you want to go to dinner? Well, wherever you want to go to dinner. No, no, really, seriously, where do you want to go to dinner? No, no, really, it's where you want to go to dinner. And then they usually have a lion child that says, hey, get this car moving. <laughs> okay, they just obey. That's exactly what happens. Golden retrievers. A uh, couple years ago, my son Michael, uh, who's a uh, university student, was uh, chosen from his fraternity to be in a boxing match. And they get in the ring for three minutes, and if they can stay in, they win a big prize for their fraternity. And when he told me, I thought it was great. Hey, <laughs> But because mom's sensitivity level and nurturing capacity is so deep, as soon as she heard about it, she went, ugh. And just a heaviness came over her instantly. Because one of our friends told her that, she, he, uh, he said, Norma, do you know what they do? Some, these guys know how to box in the ring. And sometimes they knock these guys over the ropes and onto the ground. They really hurt these people. And I'm sort of saying, ooh, what a challenge. <laughs> and Norma's going, oh, really? Oh. You know, well, now here's a very interesting thing about golden retrievers. You're married to one. And that is that they feel so deeply about things that, that sometimes it can wreck or no, not wreck, but weaken our relationship in certain areas for, for two or three days because they bring everything home. And it's like they are the ones that are going to go in the boxing ring. It's like even getting ready for some of these uh, sessions, my wife takes on all the pressure that she feels that I have. And she's not even doing this. But they have the capacity to feel deeply with people around them. And we're going to find that with them because that's how sensitive they are. Wonderful. I remember the time that because Carrie has quite a bit of, of golden retriever in her, and Greg, I was teaching Greg how to ride his first bike, and I'd taken the training wheels off. And as an otter father, it was a pretty exciting day. First day for my son to ride his bike without training wheels. And I said, Greg, just, we had a cul-de-sac uh, street, so no traffic on it. And I said, just, you can do it. So I ran along with him, and he was doing it. I said, you want to try it by yourself? He said, yeah, Dad. So he got down a little ways, and he started coming, and he fell over right in the street. And when I saw it, I went, whoa. And I thought to myself, this is probably too much otter, but I thought, first accident on his bicycle, I had to have a picture. So <laughs> I run towards the house to get my camera, my movie camera, and Carrie's screaming, at Dad, Dad, where are you going? I'm going to get the camera. She said, that's terrible. You can't leave your son on the street injured and go get a camera. I said, oh, you're right, Carrie. So I went back out and comforted. But see, I'm capable of doing something because it's a, it's a first time. It's a special occasion. And I could see your husband doing something like that someday. So anyway, well, that's um, golden retrievers. All right, I need to see the hands of the people that scored way up there high in the B category. Let me see the Bs. Look, you know, it's interesting to me every time that it's pretty evenly uh, distributed. Let's have the Bs stand up because we want to honor you. Don't clap yet because <coughs> we want to do this right. <laughs> Very important. Look at the beavers. Look what they have. These are the people who literally enjoy not only writing instruction manuals but reading those manuals. <laughs> Everyone's above that. Okay? You're looking at the people who are the... Ac 
accurate ones. These people are the inspectors that keep things straight. These are our health controllers. These are the people who are our bankers and our accountants. These are the people, you know one of the great things about these people here, standing here? These are the people who like quality things. They don't like to buy junk and they don't like to be involved in making junk. We have nice things in the world, basically because of the people who have a lot of beaver in them. So let's give them a hand. They are special people. Put these kind of things on, right? They make this type of thing happen. Where do you think we get all these cameras and everything else? Beavers. Now, if they have too much beaver, what do we do? Too much beaver uh, means that you can feel uncomfortable around them. You can feel uncomfortable in their home. I, I painted when I was in, uh, right out of college, I painted a beaver's inside of her home, a, a woman, and everything was immaculate. And I accidentally knocked over the can of paint in her living room. And uh, they don't appreciate stuff like that. Uh, an otter would say, ah, it's okay, we'll clean it up. You know, we'll get another rug or whatever. And uh, so, but they're so serious. And when you're with them, you just feel like being extra careful. And because you don't want to be in trouble with them. And we, I was one time with a friend uh, when I was in graduate school, and we were in a beaver's home. The father was the beaver, and they had a new child. He was about, oh, I don't know, four or five months old. And so my friend was an otter, and he was just trying to have fun with it, you know, and he was sort of throwing him up, and, and you could see the beaver father say, hey, uh, you know, don't do that too much, okay? Because they're real careful. And he was just throwing him up, and he slipped out of his hand. It didn't fall very far, it was carpet, and didn't. You know. <laughs> We checked him instantly, he was okay. But this beaver father was you know, really upset with us because it was a major thing that you would do some, try something like that. Of course, otters never think that they're gonna drop a child. But, but, uh, but the story's not over yet. The same otter friend of mine, we both went into the bedroom where the baby was on the bed and of course pillows along the side so it wouldn't fall out under any conditions. And uh, he reached across the, the uh, pillow, just sort of stretched over to see if he's okay. He was gonna kiss him on the head and he had a whole bunch of his books you know, in graduate school and they <laughs> fell all over the baby. With the Bieber father watching the entire thing. I mean, we were basically thrown out of the house. But, see, if it had been an otter father, he'd be like, oh, that was a scream, does he hurt, you know? He's okay, he'll get over it. It'll, it'll scar up, that's okay. Well, and even the beavers are having a hard time hearing the story, I, I realize that. You know, who, you know who takes the longest taking this personality inventory? Beavers. Because they're saying, let's see, I could be this sometimes, but I may, they, we can give them stomach, we can upset their stomach just by having you fill this out. In fact, of all of the personalities, the one who has the most stomach trouble is the beaver. Because they like to do things right, but let me tell you who they are the hardest on themselves. I mean, they have a standard. You may think that they're pointing out your mistakes often, but let me tell you who they're really pointing out the mistakes themselves. Because they are very, very alert to their own weaknesses and what they haven't measured up to their own standards. And uh, we see that all the time. You know, if a person has a lot of beaver in them, you can tell it because they have their socks all color-coordinated in their drawer and all rolled up, and their closet is all neatly arranged. Shoes are all real neat. See, my otter closet, see, <laughs> Beavers are been known to iron their underwear. <laughs> they fold their dirty clothes. <laughs> see, otters are lucky we get dirty clothes in the general area where they, where they have to go. You see, my wife has a lot of beaver and golden retriever. It's very normal for golden retrievers 
to have some beaver in them. That's a normal personality makeup. And it's very normal for a, a lion and an otter to marry a golden retriever or beaver combination. Which, which means, in fact, you know what? The couple that has the most marriage problems if they don't understand each other? The lion and the golden retriever. Because the reason they are attracted to each other, how many combinations do we have here, just out of curiosity? Lion, golden retriever. See the hands? The reason that's true is because the, the lion likes to control and uh, express himself, and he finally has somebody who will go along with him. <laughs> who will listen to him and do what they want. Because the golden retriever says, you, you, I, I, sir, or I, I, ma'am. And they, they, they do that. But there was a story of uh, a group of um, guys and gals, singles, that were directing a camp, a summer camp, and they happened to be out on the road and they were uh, speaking about their camp and showing slides. And they were getting up in the morning and ready to go get in the van and take off to the next town. So a couple of the guys were checking all the rooms, especially the girls' rooms, see if everything's okay. So they, there's one, this one door was to a room was just a little ajar, and they walked in and they saw it, and, and the bed was perfectly made, and the, the towels were all hung evenly, and, and nothing had been used. You know, everything was clean, the bathtub was cleaned out and everything else. They went, oh no, she never got here last night, something's wrong. So they were concerned. So they went out, couldn't find her, she was in the van. She had a lot of beaver, and she had made the bed, she had put the towels back up. You know, you wouldn't even know. I mean, as an otter, do you think I would make a bed in a motel? Or, or put the towels back up so you couldn't tell? I mean, isn't it amazing, though? But see, again, if it's too much, that's the problem. My wife had a, had a massive beaver uh, as, a, as a receptionist and, uh, at one time. And, and so she was getting her, uh, her um, phone messages late. So one time she was walking by this girl's desk, and she saw her recopying the phone messages. You could read the original ones, but the new ones were just perfect, just neat time and everything else. It was just perfect. Well, these are the ones. Actually, uh, beavers are late a lot to things because they like to do things right. And so when they start something, they're not going to quit until they finish. And so, like, for example, if they have to clean the closet out, they'll stay up all night. And they'll be irritated with other members of the family that aren't helping them, but they don't like to do it unless it's done just right. So that's the, the, uh, the lion, the uh, uh, otter, golden retriever, and beaver. Now we have different combinations of each of these. And if yours is too high and that's the thing that's you know, irritating your mate or whatever, you can push those down or push some up. And watch how it changes. Just understanding who my mate is and who my children are is such a tolerating experience, increasing that, as well as everybody feels more valuable. I now know who I am. It's okay if I didn't do absolutely great in school, because it's difficult for some otters to do well in school, because it has to be fun, because there's usually a beaver that's the teacher. <laughs> and they don't like otters, usually, as students, so we're always in trouble. But look at some of these to help us understand this just a little bit better. Let's pretend that all of us were in the fifth grade, and I was the teacher, and I said to you, okay, you've got 10 minutes to make a clay soldier out of that clump, clump of clay on your desk. Now, 10 minutes only, and I want to see how well you do. On your mark, cassette, go. The lions in the class go, what a stupid idea. <laughs> because they're in charge. Okay, I'll make, a, I'll make this soldier, but I'm going to make something else, a doll or a tank. <laughs> on the side, because they'll get the other thing done, because they're in charge. The otter goes, oh, 
great idea. And so they'll say, they'll make one real funny, or they'll, they'll make it as a com committee. Hey, you make the head, you make the leg. You, know, you, make the, so you get other people, we're networkers, so we get other people to help us. The golden retrievers, what are they doing? The golden retrievers saying, you're doing just great. Oh, keep going. Yes. What a wonderful job. And she's pleasing, of course, or he's pleasing the teacher. And the beaver, the teacher finally says, uh, this is the otter. Uh, the beaver, the, beaver uh, the teacher says, okay, hand it in. And the beaver goes, oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> Why? Because their little clay soldier has teeth, you know, <laughs> bayonet, belt. An otter would never think of something like that. Take the, uh, take the remodeling a home. The, the lion remodeler will say, get this thing done now. The otter says, mm, that's close enough. Uh, the golden retriever says, oh, I wanted that wall yellow, but if you think blue's better, okay. <laughs> right? And the, and the beaver says, oh, I know this is the third time you've built that wall, but it doesn't look like this picture here. You see right here? <laughs> they want it just right. Take, um, let's say that we all, I said, let's all go up to a mountain cabin one at a time and spend three months all alone. Okay, the lion gets up there and gets bored real fast and starts remodeling the place, even though it's not his or hers. <laughs> The otter gets up that gets bored real fast and starts playing games with throwing snowballs at squirrels. Or we'll get something going that'll be fun and different and creative every day. The golden retriever type of person would be up there with a good book, fire going, you know, and relational and, and uh, more quiet. The beaver, they would buy a book before they went up on the right way to stay in a mountain cabin. <laughs> because when they got home, somebody might say, what'd you do up there? See, they would want to know that what they did was just right. So anyway, well, uh, we have, uh, each of us have these combinations. And, and I wanted to end by just summarizing some of the things that if you have too much of any one of these uh, qualities, what we can do about it. If you are a lion, what I've been told, and I'm sure you've been told, <laughs> if you have too much of this, that it's very important for us, for you, to be softer. You have to actually make a decision, I'm going to be gentle, soft with people. Because you tend to be a little more harsh, demanding, get going. And that's offensive, especially if you're married to a golden retriever. One of the greatest things you can do for a golden retriever is put your arms around him or her, hold them, be soft and understanding and listen. Calm, slow down. And that's, that's extremely important. Patient. Include others in your decisions. A lot of times, and, and I'm saying that I understand, the lions that I know are pretty accurate in their decisions. I mean, you have the capacity to mobilize people, get things done, and for some reason, which I don't have from God, but for some reason, you've got the ability to sense whether something's going to work and whether it's really going to fit together and how to coordinate people. Well, I don't have that. But the problem is, is that you can then ride over people and make all the decisions. And even when your son or your daughter or your mate or your friend or your boss, or somebody says something that contradicts what you're saying, I know that it's difficult for you to say, I hate doing it that way because it's not the, you know, the right way to do it. But at times you need to just say, you know, there's a 40 ways we could make it to this goal. And if they've come up with this suggestion, let me say to them, hey, what a great suggestion. And then go that way. Instead of just saying, no, we gotta go my way. The only way to do it is my way. The otter. Well, it's easy for me to talk about the otter because I've been in the process of balancing myself for years since I've really understood this. And otters need to be more of a follow-through person. You know, we make all kinds of promises and, and uh, 
we think everything's possible, but we need to follow through a little bit more and think through things carefully or more carefully. Uh, uh, boy, is that a problem with me. I see something go, hey, this cold, and then pff, I'm in trouble. Or I went too deep into it or, or those kinds of things. Do you know that we have 11 books out on the market? And for most of those, my partner and I, John Trent, we, have, we are both exactly the same as otters and uh, about lion. And then we have very little golden retriever naturally and almost no beaver. It's not even traceable. <laughs> Which I want to apologize ahead of time to you beavers for some of these sessions because uh, I know that some of them may bother you to some degree. But, but it was very interesting to me that, that we made a decision as a team to uh, become beavers when we wrote one of our books about six or seven, eight years ago. And it was the first book we ever wrote that won an award. And, and it was interesting because he, as an otter, we love the idea of a book. Yes, high five, wasn't that a great idea? But then all the details of putting the book together and all those hours, and I don't like that. I like to come up with the ideas and then say, you write it, you know, and then show it to me afterwards. But we made a decision, no, we're gonna become beavers. And we have since become beavers when we write. Just made a decision, it's not my nature. It's very uncomfortable to be a beaver for me, uh, an uh, otter beaver. But it's very important for me to do that. And when I get a friend, I need to be more committed. So easy for me as an otter, and you know what I'm talking about fly-by-night friend, and pff, we're history. If everything just isn't right, well, we got jillions of people we could meet, and, and, but we need to be a little more committed. And that's what, another big decision that I've made. If you're a golden retriever, I mentioned this, but you need to practice confronting. I know how hard it is. I had a, I had a person who worked for me in a company. I couldn't get him to confront his, his, his workers, his employees. I, I worked with him. We practiced in my office. Now, here's what you say when you confront one of your employees because they are always, they don't do everything right, so there's going to be times where you have to correct them. All right, he says, okay, I'll do it. Now, here's what you say. I'd see him the next day. Have you done it? No, I just can't do that. <laughs> and you'll find as a golden retriever, you tend not to gravitate into managerial positions because that's one of the things that you have to do. And it works right in our work, work uh, a day life. Golden retrievers. Practice no, practice making decisions, being decisive. One of our sessions is going to be how to treasure hunt things that happen to us that are negative or painful. When we get to that session, that's really uh, an important session for gold retrievers. Because you feel so deeply about things, it's important for you to learn that skill of turning negative things into a positive. So when we get to that session, that's for you. And then last but not least, the beavers, they need to realize that nothing is, as, is ever as bad as it seems or, is it, or as good as it appears. They tend to be extremes in their thoughts, and it's never really that extreme. And uh, you too uh, need to obviously be more relaxed about things, but uh, some things can remain unfinished and undone. My wife made an important decision when our kids were in uh, high school. They were all involved in sports. And she finally, we all had a meeting because we were all sort of tense because the kids weren't picking up their rooms and cleaning up their rooms and, and things like that. And she was the one that was the most tense because I, I didn't care, uh, basically. <laughs> I mean, I do today a little more than I used to, but I didn't then. So she finally just made a decision. I'm going to relax. She, we, we met with the kids and she said, hey, you don't have to have your room perfect anymore. 
you know. I just want to be able to see the floor from time to time. <laughs> but you don't have to have it perfect. See, that's an important thing for, for a beaver to say, that we don't have to do everything exactly right. And then they, too, need to learn the skills of treasure hunting, turning things that are negative in our life into a positive. Because when a negative thing happens to you, you tend to magnify it. <gasps> this is really bad. And when you learn how to treasure hunt, you can cut down on that problem with your stomach and, and that anxiety that you face just because of the, that strength that you have as a person. <clears throat> so I trust today when um, you get home, uh, married or single, that your friends get a chance to see this inventory, this evaluation. I trust that you'll do it with your kids. Uh, if you don't have kids, just husband and wife understand each other better. And I promise you that you will feel better about yourself and your mate, and the conflicts in your home will be reduced. Thank you. enthusiastic crowd. Do you have questions about this personality area? You talked about lions, uh, dictators, and when they relax, they vent anger, and otters verbally attack. When they relax, they talk more. I missed it for golden retrievers and beavers. You don't remember me saying that? <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> otters tend to forget some of the details. And leave it to Beaver to, uh, to uh, come up with a question like that. Okay, you're very right. The golden retriever under pressure tend to um, pull away and, and to distance themselves when there's pressure going around. They tend to, they tend to hide. Uh, they don't like to react. They tend to become almost overly submissive. So to avoid any kind of conflict. Beavers under pressure are the ones that tend to hide their head in the sand like an ostrich because if they can't do it right, they don't want to face it. It's much better just to avoid the whole, we have a problem? What problem? I don't see the problem. The reason they can't see it is because what if we can't figure this out in the right way? They like to do things right. And if they can't, if they can't get into control of doing it right, then they, uh, they uh, tend to hide and avoid. And also, if you have too much beaver, you'll have a tendency to do everything around the house. So your kids will start something, hey, excuse me, let's do this right. And it can be offensive to your kids and stunting in their maturity because they, uh, they aren't able, allowed by you to do things because you want it done just right. It's much better to relax, let them do it. It's not perfect, but they're more important than that thing that's hanging on the wall. Any other questions? Wonder if you if you score the same almost in all the categories. Are you really messed up or? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you didn't say anything. You just. It's major dysfunction. <laughs> I'll sit down if you score all the same on all of them, that means you're very really mature. Close. Really, really close. Or you've just made a major change in your life. If you've just changed jobs or just gotten married or or just uh, been arrested or things like that. <laughs> Otherwise, you're, you're fairly balanced with life and you've had enough experience and you tend to level off and that's where we want to be most of the time anyway. See, so you didn't realize how mature you are. 
What would you say the best combination is in a marriage? The best combination? Wow. Well, the otter and the golden retriever, for sure. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even realize it, but I made a lot of points right there. Right the spot. <laughs> Best combination, probably the, uh, wow, the, the lion golden retriever, when the lion is softened and loving and sensitive, and the golden retriever is a little more strong and can confront, because they... Uh, but she has to be able, or he has to be able to express the golden retriever. I don't know that it really is the best combination uh, because it's just those who mature and are more loving and caring for their mate and understanding, and as they mature together, that's the best combination. So your combination is really the best. <laughs> and if you elect me... And, and I just want to say that the next session is an extremely important one because I've, I've waited years and years to be able to find out and be able to express what does it take to have a healthy home? What are the symptoms of a healthy relationship, healthy parenting? Uh, what makes a healthy church or organization and, um, or country for that matter. So the next session gives us some specific information on how we can rank ourselves and see ourselves where we came from and where we're going, whether it's mostly healthy or unhealthy, and we can take steps to balance it so we're going mostly in the healthy area. So we'll see you uh, in the next session. <laughs>